You are listening to episode 66 of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. I talk about having a gigantic computer lighting my face that is like staring into the sun. Dave talks about pretentious cross-country running because someone clamored for that segment. And by someone, I mean no one. And we probably find an excuse to use the Rob Manfred meme. I talk about hashtag content creator problems and other random crap that we probably come up with on the fly. That'll be this episode of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. So yes, episode 66, I am Carlos, that is Dave, our names are on the screen. But if you listen to audio only, now you know. Hey Dave. Hello Carlos, how are you sir? I am staring into the sun Dave, I'm staring into the sun. I was curious as to why you were using a different uh, camera angle, you know, usually it's around the corner kind of thing and so we get some nice view of your stairs now, which is which is great. And uh, you are probably a thousand times brighter than you have ever been before. Yes, yes, I am. Uh, I'm basically pulling a Sammy Sosa and making myself ever lighter. It is because <laughs> I'm staring at pure white light. Uh, that is a good reference. Yeah, I like that. I, listen, you know I got the references. I it's can true. You do. At, you do at any time. At any time. You're never ready. That, that and that's, that's the key. That's the best part. Yeah, exactly. No, but we're definitely going to have a couple of things. So uh, let's start off with this. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what happened your week? Probably nothing interesting, but then I'll tell you about hashtag content creator problems because I had some fun with this. I played golf this week and shot uh, 19 strokes less than I did the previous time I played the course. So that's a thing. So does that mean that you got better? Or does that mean that you were really trash before? I think it means that I was really trash before. Probably. But I also did something that I'd never done before. I hit par on two holes on a course, which I've never done before. I've got You've never par- done that before? Not on two holes. On one hole, yes. Okay. But on two, no. The th- it's funny because golf really is. Here's the thing. I love golf, but I've always had one major problem with golf. Generally speaking, I either don't have the time or I don't have the money. I tend to not have the two things at the same time. So when I had the money, I didn't have the time. And when I had the time, I didn't have the money. Yeah. Because golf is not a cheap sport. It's, it's kind of expensive. And I have a beautifully expensive set of golf clubs upstairs that are dying of neglect for the last couple of years. But when I played, I was able to, I was never good, but I was able to get around. But I found that I had two different periods in my game. One where I could make their approach shots and my short game was solid. And then another one where my drives were solid. Again, they don't tend to come together at the same time. So I can either hit a 300-yard drive or slice it for miles. And then my uh, short game and my mid-range game is fine. Yeah, that's golf. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so you did some golfing. What else? Uh, not much. I got tested for COVID because, you know, protocols. Yeah, I've, I've often said you're diseased. Please continue. But uh, well, I came back negative. So, you know, which was expected. For that but, particular you know, protocols. For that particular ailment. But did they check for other stuff? Scurvy? No. Did they check? I don't think so. They might have. I mean, I don't really know. You just do the swab and you leave. I'm only in there for about 10 seconds. So I don't really know what they did with it. So then maybe there's a part two. It's like, good news, good news, uh, Turnbull. You you don't have COVID. What? But you do have scurvy. It's, it's <laughs> quite plausible. It's like, how? It's like, I can't explain it. I can't help you with that. Pirate times, man. Pirate times. We're yeah, the pirate. it was the pirate life for Dave. Good job. All right, fair enough. And uh, yeah, as, as we previously discussed uh, off air, uh, the cat's at the vet, but he should be coming back on Monday. So that's good news. Uh, he was pretty sick, but, uh, the meds have sort of kicked in. He's eaten again. So all good on that front as well. Yeah. The cat also had scurvy. There's, there's something it's, going on. You know in that it's, it's possible too. I don't know if they, that shows up in blood work or not, but, uh, you know, pancreatitis, scurvy, whatever. Same diff, right? Dude, like it, it could be related. Uh, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on TV and I don't even play one on the internet. So I can't help you. No. As far as I'm concerned, all of it's scurvy. So your message is get your vitamin C people. I'm a big proponent of vitamin C. I think vitamin C is fantastic. But a related note is I feel like our shtick could be like everything scurvy the same way that house, everything was lupus until it turns out nothing was ever lupus, except for that one time it was lupus. Yeah, where it actually was. Yeah, just that one time. time I'm glad you threw in a house reference because you were the closest person that most people will ever meet to house. And I, I literally gave that to my old, to my old boss's boss as an explanation, just as a shortcut to be like, so you ever seen the show house? This is, by the way, I'm being serious. This is a real conversation I had with my senior director at my old job. I said, okay, so just to streamline this and make it easy. You ever seen like the house? And she's like, yeah. And I go, so I basically I'm house. And she goes with the Viking. And it's like, no, minus the Viking addiction, minus the Viking addiction. I'm basically house. I love how she brought that up though. Well, at least she got the reference. That's the important part. 
you know, and honestly, people, if if you know Carlos, that is pretty much the best the best comparison that you can possibly get. Minus the Vicodin addiction. Of course, minus the Vicodin addiction. I yeah. mean, there's still time though, Carlos. Ca- well, I've already got caffeinated drinks as an addiction, Dave. Like, I, I, I don't have enough hours in the day for multiple addictions. Here. Why don't you trade one for the other? Just for, you know, a few days. Just be like, S- settle down, I live the house dream. Settle, settle down. Settle down. I don't need to live the house dream. House led my dream. He ripped me off. I was doing this shit before it was cool. Okay? That's all I'm saying. All right. All right. I'll give it to you. Anyway, so my week was pretty straightforward, nothing crazy, but I got a little story that I want to share with you. So this is under the hashtag creator content problems. So I actually, last night, I was I was a little under the weather. I wasn't feeling good. I'm still a little off today, but I feel a little better. But I was uh, I decided I was going to create a video and uh, for my YouTube channel. And I had a great idea and I had a concept and I had this guy uh, who makes these dumb videos on YouTube and normally I ignore him, but he did something egregious and stupid. And uh, as is my way, I'm like, all right, I'm going to tear into this fool. Uh, because now is my moment. So since you've decided to leave this wide open, I'm going to tear into you. So I went in and I had my new computer and everything. I was like, oh, I got my whole fancy setup. And I went into StreamYard to go and create because I wanted to do a screen share and I wanted to show video clips of of some of his videos and then tear into them. I was going to do like a, uh, you know, Mystery Science Theater 3000. I was going to absolutely tear into it as I watched the video. Yeah. So I did it. And it was a it was it was a forty four minute magnum opus, Dave. I had a beautiful video where I tore into this guy solidly and beautifully. I was very pleased with it. I ended the broadcast because I recorded it offline. I download the file and I, to go put it in the video editor. I've got everything set up. We're all good. This machine is running like a dream. I'm ready to go. I put it in. It's it looks and sounds pretty good for a couple minutes, and then the video goes to crap and the audio goes to absolute crap. I did it on my Wi-Fi. I didn't have this computer hardwired. So my video and audio just degraded. I could barely hear what the what the video I was referring to is. I could barely hear my own audio. It sounded like absolute garbage. 44 minutes and then additional time, me transferring everything. So maybe an hour and a half of time. Absolutely down the drain. Trash. The video is gone. Well, I've got the video, but it's worthless. That sucks, man. It was absolute trash. So there's not going to be a take two? Oh, there is going to be a take two, but it's going to be uh, like, you know, speaking of references, I'm probably going to be like off the top. I can pretty much tell you right now, my my reference is going to be like, so and did any, do any of you know Tenacious D, the, the band, the com- Jackback Comedy Band? One of their favorites, one of my favorite songs from them is Tribute. And uh, did you know what the premise was of the Tribute song? No, I know uh, Tenacious D, but I don't know the song. So the premise of the Tribute song that they're singing in the song is that they came across a demon and the demon was going to take their souls. But in order to defeat the demon, they sang the greatest song in the world. But it, but when they make very clear is that this is not the greatest song in the world, the one you're hearing, this is a tribute to the greatest song in the world because apparently they can't replicate the greatest song in the world. They did it once, but that was it. So this video is going to be my tribute to my beautiful Magnum Opus Ram video. You're just going to have to believe me. It was gold and we will never now know. Oh, that's unfortunate, Carlos. I feel we've all been deprived of something there. You, you got like, I tore into him so good. Dave, you know how well I can tear into someone. I and do. as we talked offline, no one is off limits. No one is safe. There is no one that I would not trash if I feel it's appropriate. This is true. And uh, it's like now redoing it. It's like, well, I'm not going to have, you know, I'm still going to have my snark. I'm still going to have my sarcasm. I'm still going to have all my usual stuff. But it's like it loses something when I know I already did this. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And I did it with my full energy, my full power. I brought everything to it. It's like, well, now I just feel like I'm just, you know, doing an imitation of myself. It's like, oh, man. Yeah. I'm going to have to probably come up with new jokes and stuff. And it's like, oh, there's so many good very, ones. They're, very they're unfortunate. This is, this is true. These are hashtag create content creator problems, Dave. So the, the lesson here is if you're going to do any kind of a streaming anything, hardwire the damn machine. Just hardwire it because you cannot rely on Wi Fi. Wi Fi is not your friend. No, it is not. I mean, no. it is, but not for that kind of thing. No, no. And the thing is, if you just need the internet, the, 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 the sad part is that my Wi-Fi is okay, but it's inconsistent. Like, it'll be good for a couple of minutes, and then some interference will come in or something, and then it'll dip temporarily. It'll come back. Now, is that because you live in a complex, or is that? And are there other factors at play there? A little bit of that, a little bit of the fact it's cable, which means it oscillates a fair bit. But here's the thing. When you hardwire it, it stays pretty consistent. So it's really a matter of like the atmosphere. So right now uh, I ordered from Amazon a cable to hardwire this machine because it's, as Dave points out, I'm in a different angle. So I'm actually a couple of feet further away than I usually am because this, this machine allows me to do that on the, on the second desk. But the problem is that- It also might melt you if you're any closer to the monitor. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But the other thing it also does is that it means it's about – so the other uh, Ethernet cable I had was 25 feet, which it basically reaches just about to that desk. So if I reach out with my arm, it's like it barely reaches that one. So I needed like another couple. So I ended up getting a 50-foot cable. Okay. But in reality, I'm about 35 feet away from my router. So the problem is you've got – and I'm not going to get too technical, but I'll give everybody like a short like technical lesson. Wi-Fi usually runs on a couple of frequencies. One is like 2.4 hertz or 2.4 gigahertz, and the other one's like 5 gigahertz. 5 gigahertz tends to be faster, but it's also le- it also doesn't like distance, and it also doesn't like having things around it. So like there's a wall there, and you can go around the wall. Well, the signal is not going to go through the wall. The signal is kind of coming around the wall, so it means it's not a direct line of sight. Right. So it's actually a little bit weaker. Also, the distance. If I was physically closer, it would be better. But right. uh, the the more reliable one is 2.4 gigahertz. But the problem is it's also weaker right. generally as a signal. And it right. also is the signal that almost everybody else in the complex will use for the router, which means any interference from them will also mess with you. Right. Uh, and just for those of you who are listening, uh, really there's – Carlos is like gesturing and stuff, but really you lose nothing by uh, getting the video, not getting no. the video. So don't No, you get, you get a lot of pointing. And occasionally, like I said, I'll make obscene gestures to Dave, and that's about it. So – yeah. But uh, at least you got it figured out, so that's good. Oh, but figure it out meaning connect the damn connect the fifty foot wire to it. But yeah, yeah, that that, that tends to be the solution that works the best. But anyway, other than that, like work and everything was pretty normal um, because we just came off the holiday. So, so I think more folks are still on vacation this week. So we're gonna see. But like I will say, this week um, was the first time that I actually felt like, yep, we're in fall now. Because yeah. you can feel like you can feel it because like you can see I'm wearing not not just the shirt anymore. I'm wearing like a. Uh, I'm wearing a little bit of a jacket. yeah, I'm wearing a little bit of a sweater hoodie thing, um, because yeah, this is the first time I can say we like it started to feel a little bit like fall. I don't mind too much. The intermediate, this is the thing about Canada, we never get the good weather for any stretch of time. We'll get like humid and hot. We'll get like five minutes of like sunny and nice, and then we'll get like a little bit of fall where it's like it's actually not too bad. You can wear a light sweater or something. Which or, I quite like. It just doesn't not last long enough. Well, exactly. And then it'd be like, okay, so now we're going to minus 40. Yeah. Like that's the thing, right? Fall officially goes from, you know, the end of September until uh, like mid-December, right? On the calendar. We get fall basically from what? Like early September sometimes, mid-September, early September till, you know, if you're lucky, Halloween. Yeah. And that's uh, that's on a good year. Yeah. Yeah. It's... It's always something around here. You know, I'm waiting for the, uh, you know, the Godzilla attack. I'm waiting for the, you know, hurricanes, typhoons. Uh, and then that'll be Monday. And then yeah. we'll go to Tuesday. Perfect. So it's always something. It's always something. Anyway, so let's uh, let's have a little chat about, um, let's have a little brief. Uh, actually, you know what? Let's do the pretentious cross-country running report. And even though this is not appropriate, I don't care. The sound effect still works. So That's there you good. go. There, there's true. the official. And you got the Rob Manfred in there. So at least we've we've got it in this week. Yeah, we hit uh, our, maybe we hit our maybe quota. one day we'll have a video for the pretentious cross country running report, Carlos. You realize I actually have to make a video for that. I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so like, so I, here's here's my thing. This 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 week's report is is it's kind of dumb, but I, I was like, what is the point of this? So uh basically this is literally an excuse for clickbait. So the team I follow in England, Arsenal. Uh, their head coach since December, last December, I think that's when the other guy got fired and he came in, has been Mel Arteta, former player, former Manchester City assistant coach. Uh, he's been the head coach. And it's like uh, all these headlines start coming up that say, Mel Arteta is no longer the head coach of Arsenal. And I was like, what? Like that, obviously, I'm like, this is not right. There's no way they fire this guy. And it's like, you, so I click on, and some of these are, you know, reputable uh, newspapers from the UK that I'm seeing. So yeah. I click on the site. He got promoted or something? No, he did just change his title to first team manager. And I was like, seriously? Do his responsibilities change in any way? I, slightly, okay. but it's like, really? Really? Like, this is the thing? This is actually a story? Literally, it's like someone from the team was like, let's get our people in the newspaper by changing his title so people can, you know, be like, oh, my God, we fired him. But really, we didn't. I was like, that's really dumb, guys. Really dumb. Nice. So, um, 
as that was pretentious crash out to running and no one cares uh let me let me transfer that though i can actually play off of that I'll, I'll i'll work with it dave i'll work with it um but let me take it quickly into a story so one of the, my favorite things when my old job uh was that uh, for the longest time they they made tons of money in the industry they were in uh they never lacked for making money but they didn't like to actually pay employees unless you came unless they recruited you if you came from somewhere else then they probably pay you at least for the first round um, or if you shifted departments entirely, there was a shot where maybe that department would recruit you and then you can make some money that way. But if yeah. you work in the same department, you would be like, yeah, yeah, we'll give you raises. Literal raises would be like 1%. And that was a good raise in a year. That was a good raise. Um, so if you started off low, the 1% doesn't mean a heck of a lot, but anyway, it became kind of a running joke after a while, because, uh, whenever they would give you, uh, and shift you up a level, uh, they would have to, they would have to change your job title. Even if you literally did the exact same job. And for three and a half years, I did the exact same job and had six different job titles, six different job titles for the same job. Now, did my salary move around a little bit as I shifted levels? Yep, it did. But it, it's not like it moved exponentially. In three and a half years, it moved about 24%, but that's because I started at a really low salary at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And by the time I was done, I was still well under market value, but they had also shifted my job title six times to accommodate this because HR apparently needed it. It was bizarre. I'd be getting all these different titles. And after a while, I would get confused what my title was. I'd be like, look, my title is whatever it says in my email signature because I don't remember. I don't remember what it says in the org chart anymore. I don't know. I don't care. I'm doing the same job. But I told them, it's like, do you need to change my job title again? And they're like, well, yeah, we kind of do. Great. Can I propose a job title? Uh, sure. Can I be executive vice president of fixing shit? Because that's what I do. <laughs> it's like, you might as well just, just put that in the title. It means nothing, but just put it in the title. That is my It'd title. It'd be a good title. Yeah, it's like, I, I'd like to have it. I'd like to be executive vice president of fiction shit because that's what I do. Yeah, and funny enough, I still do that in my new in my new job elsewhere, but it's the same, It's another title. It's just another version of the same thing. In fact, in this case, I don't remember what my title is here either, as I do. I'm like, I do whatever it is I do. I forget. Yeah. I'll show up. I, I show up so I don't get fined. But anyway. Exactly. I think I'll, we all do at some point. Exactly. All right. So let's uh, let's have a, let's talk about my favorite topic, uh, the sports card market re report, if you will, for this week, uh, because it's been nuts. It's been uh, pretty crazy. And then we'll uh, play off of that a little bit into talking about some football stuff. Uh, so we'll talk about that. But first, I got to show you this. So I'll share the screen with everybody and then we'll talk through it a little bit and then uh, we'll give a little bit of context and we'll play into it. So let's do that. Cool. Look at okay, that. So what Carlos has brought up just for you is a picture of a, this is a completed eBay auction, yes? This is com this is completed, 41 bids. Okay, so 2020 Donruss, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, rated rookie red press proof. All right, card. Uh, and in case anyone who's wondering who he is, he is a rookie, obviously. Uh, running back who plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, and, you know, I would say if not a, I wouldn't say, he wasn't obviously like, the number one pick, but a fairly highly rated uh, rookie with a lot of potential. He okay. was actually the last last pick in the first round. He was 32nd yeah. overall. Right. So first round pick. Mm -hmm. uh, he has done one thing in the NFL. He played a game and he had a really good game. He had 138 yards and a touchdown, which, you know, for your, for your NFL debut is quite good in a game that Kansas City won. And it was a high profile. Uh, it was a high profile first game of the season. Yeah, the right. It was the only. Everybody. It was a Thursday nighter against mm -hmm. uh, a division rival in Houston, and the only game on TV that night. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the, that that's important context. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll let you say the numbers, Carlos. So this one, uh, this was an auction. So there's one thing that is a distinction that I like to make is if somebody puts in a best offer. And then they put it in there. Then you have to take it with a grain of salt, not because it's not necessarily legitimate, but you have to factor in that somebody's starting it off at whatever price. And there could always be some shady business with uh, somebody making an offer of whatever, because uh, eBay doesn't care about making sure that something is actually paid. But something that tends to be a regular auction usually is okay, especially if there's enough bidders where it looks like the bidding pattern makes some kind of sense. So this one completed uh, with 41 bids. So we got a lot of bids, a lot of bid action on it. And the end result of this one was $320 US or approximately $422 Canadian for a card out of what traditionally is a very cheap product. Donruss is a product that, and I used the example with Dave before, when we went to uh, Cleveland for his bachelor party, because who goes to Cleveland for a bachelor party? Apparently someone on the screen here. Hey man, Half Power House was a good time. 
Yeah. But um, while we were there, one of the boxes that I got at Target, you know, the high, re- the high rent retailer, Target, but was Donruss football because Donruss football is fun to open. It, like I enjoy Donruss football for what it is. I get a good, I get a kick out of it, but this is the 2020 version. And even the retail prices and things have been going up, which has been nuts. Um, and I'll actually share with you a story of one right after we get to this. But the point is, this is still a fairly common card. This is the red press proof, which is a little bit more limited, but not like a rare card by any stretch of the imagination. And yes, it's a great performance. The red accents the uniform beautifully. Like it's a, it's an aesthetically pleasing card. It's a cool yes. looking card. Um, I but, would also like to point out before you give the number, right. uh, by, there may not even been time to do it, but this is an ungraded card, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, there so was ungraded that the picture that the, the seller has put up has their hand holding the card. Yes, of course. You got to have the holding th- with the thumb in the picture card, Dave. Right. That's how you know it's I, real. Well, there you go. Yeah, but um, but yeah, the end result of this was, and because, and the thing is, I don't mind it because it, it shows that it shows that somebody literally like, took a picture with their phone. <laughs> Honestly, that's probably what happened here. They took a picture with their phone. And Dave, now you know how little it takes. It doesn't have to be a fancy picture. It could be you holding it with, while taking a picture with your phone. But anyway, $320 US, $422 Canadian. Uh, Your thoughts, Dave? Well, you know, as again, as I said multiple times, this is madness uh, on a level that, you know, I keep thinking we won't see again, but then, you know, next week we see it again. Uh, This guy has had one game under his belt. That's it. And it was a very good game. He had a very good performance. Uh, You know, he may continue to do so. Who knows what he's going to be in his career this could turn out to be the person who bought this for 320 dollars or is that what he said or 320 us yeah Yeah. the person who bought that for 320 dollars you know may have got a first deal when all is said and done uh but based on track record of the player how does this go i mean i don't know what it was on wednesday but this is ridiculous for someone who's played one nfl game but Dave, he's on pace to get like 17, 1800 yards. Right. And and maybe he does. And maybe he wins rookie of the year. Who knows? Right. Well, maybe he, he should have gotten he, a lot higher than 32nd, you know, the last pick of the first round. We don't know, Carlos. For, for but, running back, no. For In all honesty, even if you have a great running back, like jokes aside, even if you have a great running back, this isn't fantasy football. You don't draft a running back like super high. It like even if they're generational, like that position, just talking in all seriousness, that position is so prone to injury. You could be a legitimately great back who gets hurt and then you're done. Correct. That's like you quite possible. Know. Like you just like think of who the most dominant backs we can think of are. Some of them have lasted for a stretch of time. Like Adrian Peterson in his in his prime was dominant. Like he was scary good. But the drop off, right? Like I mean, for yeah. how quickly the drop off came at is you know. It came quite but I, but I was but I was saying to you he had 800 yards last year and a thousand yards before and technically he's already passed his prime as a running back so yeah. like as a like as a as a back who is a power back who will basically run into a wall over and over again he has already exceeded his lifespan as a running back he's or unusual multiple times in an NFC championship game yeah but he's unusual in the sense of actually being still being around he actually should have been retired five years ago like True. by normal running back yes, standards. the shelf life for a running back is very short in the nfl absolutely but again but think about like so the other example that i'll use about like a dominant a guy who was dominant in a short you know uh time frame and the potential was there uh bo jackson and bo mm-hmm. jackson was a physical specimen he was a freak and um it was a hip injury that did him in it was he got you know he got tackled from behind because he was running away from everybody he was about to run for probably another touchdown because when he was on his game he Almost nobody could stop him tackling him head on. You had to try to tackle him from the side or from behind to try to get him. And right. it turned out that caused a catastrophic injury that basically ended his football career. But he will live on forever in Tech Mobile. Yeah, but but it tells you that somebody who's that kind of a freak athlete, what do you think a Bo Jackson would have done? He had he been allowed to live the normal lifespan without some without like a freak injury mm-hmm. doing yeah, it in. Exactly. And there's nothing he could do. He didn't see the tackle. So it's it's not like he did anything wrong. He he was running, and, and he probably hurt himself worse because he was running so fast. Because he was just so fast. Probably, yeah, yeah. So it's but that's that right there is the nature of the beast. You could be legitimately great, and this position has a short lifespan. 
Correct. So I, I wouldn't put a lot of money in a running back. Like it, it's tough. So this person, I, I don't see a scenario where they will feel good about this in the long run, even if he is great. Well, we'll see. I mean, I don't know, obviously, uh, but I'll tell you, there's no way in hell I'm spending that much money on a card. I would happily sell this card for that or, or, you know, half of that. Uh, but uh, not buying one. Yeah. No, we'll see. We'll see. Like, I've definitely seen some other sales completed uh, for this card, and they're not nearly as crazy. Uh, this one's definitely an outlier. But um, let's segue that over into, I will talk about sports cards a little bit more in a little bit, because uh, I do have some more thoughts on this. But let me stop sharing the screen first. Okay. But the key here, and I want to use him as an example, because he's a good case because of the first game and how well he played. Um, one thing that we all have to factor in, this is just this is not just about cards. This is about this year in particular. So if you're a fan, if you have a fantasy football team, if you got whatever, the Kansas City Chiefs actually look really good on offense. But Patrick Mahomes wasn't exactly 100 percent sharp. However, tells you something considering how dominant they were able to be that he wasn't on his A game and they were still able to roll over the Texans. But the reality is the Texans look kind of the way that I expect most teams to look this season for the first couple of weeks, especially. There was no training camp, really, for most of these teams. Like, not real well, training camp. I mean, camp there was training camp, it's, but there was no preseason game, so nobody's got any game. But not, know, Nobody's taken a real hit in a long time. Not a real training camp, Dave. Like, there were sections of that training camp that True. were virtual only. Like, to, to the they, point they were where you would normally be, you know, yes. what they'd be normally doing, yes. Yeah, they, at least for the training camp piece, they'd at least be in physical proximity for that whole time. Part of it was virtual this time around. Yes, now they correct. did eventually get together to do a little bit of a training camp, but then you run from a training camp that's already been truncated, that's already been uh, that's already been like less contact than normal. Tackling is, I suspect, expecting week one. Tackling will be bad. <laughs> there will be some bad tackling on display. So there will be some teams who will absolutely look completely out of sync and out of and out of sorts. And there may be some defenses who may be able to dominate for some of these games early, simply because the offense isn't in sync. The receivers don't have timing with the quarterback. The running back can't find the holes because the line isn't ready. Things like that. Kansas City is at least a well-coached team that already won the Super Bowl last year. So they're able to kind of fall back into certain patterns that will help them. So yep. they were able to look good early. And they brought in a running back who looks good, which is just another weapon in the sea of weapons that they've got over there in Kansas City right now. Totally. So you have to like Kansas City, what you saw, considering they did not bring their A game, but they still were dominant in victory. Absolutely. So that's just a general thing that I would get make that I would bring to everybody's attention. Just consider that because that's a real thing as far as I'm concerned. And uh, that will, I think have some influence on, um, on what this season looks like, at least for the early portion by maybe about the fourth or fifth game. Again, we're assuming they play a full season, assuming they do, but maybe about the fourth or fifth week, some of these teams will actually start looking like proper football teams. We might see some proper tackling and stuff like that. Maybe, but then it's going to look like week one normally. So think about that. That's a scary proposition. Yeah. So it's like, it oh might boy. be kind of ugly, but you know, it's something I suppose. Yeah. And it was weird. It was also weird watching it with, it was almost weirder watching a game with, you know, a smattering of fans allowed in as opposed to a game with no fans at all. I suppose, I suppose again, you know me, I, I don't, I don't listen with the sound on. I don't really care. Um, but yeah, no, I, I can imagine. Now, mind you, at Arrowhead, they're pretty loud at Arrowhead. Yeah. Especially for a small crowd. They they probably did all right. Uh, because I was listening to pieces, but they seemed to be all right when they when the team was obviously doing well. They were they were getting into it for what it was. Um, so we'll see how these different teams respond to it. But uh let's talk about one game in particular. You know what the highlight game is of the weekend, don't you? The uh Raiders? No. The Packers? No. No, the one the, that everyone's going to take. Go, the future GOAT, Jameis Winston? Yes, future GOAT, Jameis Winston, taking on Tomba Bay. Can I just tell you literally that right now, okay, we'll, I mean, this conversation could be entirely different on Monday, mm -hmm. uh, you know, but right now, Tampa Bay is like one of the most overhyped teams in NFL history. Yes, correct. Right, like, and and that's what bug. I mean, it bugs me more than it probably would normally because they're in the same division as the Saints. Mm -hmm. But they haven't done anything, right? Do they have some good players? Absolutely, they do. Right, but it's like you know, Brady is on the decline. Right, he's he's obviously still a uh, well. Uh, for you, Carlos, I'll say he's still a serviceable quarterback. 
Uh, Maybe right? like in the CFL, but you know. Oh, fine. that's true. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like, but he's also playing in the things where it's just something, what was it just, it's like something like three, there's only been three other people who've played at the age that he's playing that have actually thrown a pass in the NFL. Yeah. It's gotta be a small list because, right? uh, and, because and this is a different you know, era. Nobody uh, has done anything of note at that age. Now we'll see, obviously, you know, Brady's in good shape. Right. But it's also like, yeah, but he, but he's got Gronk. And it's like, yeah, okay, Bill Gronk, Gronk has down. Yeah, Bro- Gronk was breaking down. That's why he stopped playing, mm-hmm. and he hasn't played for a year. So yeah. if you're expecting like the Gronk of old, I think you're going to be sadly disappointed. Plus, I feel also this will be a season where we'll see how much of an evil genius Bill Belichick really is, because he was the one. Now, granted, I you know Gronk wasn't probably coming back anyway to New England in any kind of form, but they had his rights. Right. Mm-hmm. So he tra- that was a trade that they made. So he Bill Belichick did not want Gronk back and he did not want Brady back. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Right. They put them in a Tampa Bay team that has some really good pieces, uh, obviously, with Mike Evans and um, Char- is it Charles Godwin? Um, they're, they're two receivers. I, can't, I know his last name's Godwin. I, I can't remember his first name. I'll look it up. Uh, you know, they've, they've I think got- it's, isn't it Chris Goodwin? Sorry. Or yes. Chris Godwin. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, Right, so they've got two really amazing receivers. Mike Evans is not going to play; he's got a hamstring issue. Chris Godwin, yeah. So uh, Mike Evans isn't going to play on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, you know, they got Leonard Fournette in at running back. Uh, we'll see. You know, their defense is still pretty good. They've got a good, good some defense. Uh, they haven't had a lot of time, obviously, to gel on offense. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But I, I just think all the. You know, I was talking to my brother about this today, and and really, I feel, and we will, we both feel, they're probably at best a ten and six, nine and seven team. I definitely feel like they're an eight and eight team. Actually, or are you just saying that because no, you I, I, here's the thing: I really want to see what happens. I, remember what I said a few minutes ago about timing and rhythm and everything. Tom Brady, if he's going to be successful, is entirely reliant on timing and rhythm. The reason why he was whining the last year in New Orleans, uh, sorry, New England, was that the receivers weren't quite on his, weren't quite in sync with him as far as timing and rhythm are concerned. And his game entirely depends on it. He's not going to throw a hundred mile an hour fastball. He has to throw the ball with timing where the receiver has to be where he expects them to be at the moment that he expects them to be there. He has receivers who have the talent to do that, but the rest of the teams have got to know that and they've got to defend them accordingly. Mm-hmm. Because do the receivers have the capability yet? For all of Jameis Winston's flaws, he can at least throw the football. He can throw it a lot harder than Tom Brady can at this stage in the game, especially. Tom Brady was never was never a guy who had a fastball. Brett Favre had a fastball. There were some quarterbacks who have that. Uh, you know, Dan Marino had a quick release. Tom Brady is fundamentally sound. Can he throw a good ball? Yes, he can. But he relies on that timing. The timing has to be precise. Well, they had a truncated training camp. Did they have the ability to ingrain that timing? Is while Bruce Arians is an offensively minded coach, does he was he able to instill the discipline in the offensive side of the ball to get them to sync up? Because we're not bringing the New England playbook in. They don't have the kind of. It's too complicated. There are too many plays. Tom Brady knows it inside and out. He knows it cold, but it's also a different set of personnel. You've completely swapped out the personnel. Yeah, you got Gronk, but everything else is different. And Gronk yep. has to learn new plays too. Gronk might have the timing down with Brady, but again, to your point, he was away for a year. He hasn't taken any real hits in a year. People, uh, pe- the the importance of taking hits cannot be overstated. Once you stop taking hits for a while, it actually causes you a bit of a problem when you have to start taking hits again. Yeah. It messes with you. So the question is, can he accept that? Is he okay with that? Because again, they had no preseason games. They were They had no tune-ups. They're going straight to like regular season football against, you know, Jameis Winston backup, Drew Brees, and a New Orleans Saints team that at least has some kind of a sink, you know? Yeah, right. I mean, when you when you look at it in terms of who's brought in new in new players, right? Uh, you know, New Orleans has brought in a couple of, I would say, key pieces on offense, especially with Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, but there's uh, a lot more cohesion. Theater. At least right? the, but, the but players that know team, the team. That team is, you know, the, the core of that team has been together for about, I think this is their fourth season, to, right? Yeah. Uh, together the core of that team so you know new orleans should again should because you know i i never underestimate the uh power of new orleans to let me down uh but new orleans should win this game and should win it fairly easily right the important thing that we need to note from this is dave 
your team has one job. This is your Ottawa Senators moment, Dave. Do not <laughs> let us down right now. We need this as a people. Tom Brady is a thousand times worse than Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby's annoying, but at least he's not interesting. He's off in a boat somewhere, okay? He's off in a boat. But Tampa Bay has been in our face this entire time. No one wants it. No one needs it. You need to crush this fool. I need to see this man bleed, Dave. I need to see him bleeding on the ground. I need him carried away off on a stretcher. And I don't care if Jameis Winston has to throw top Drew Brees out and do it himself. I don't care what has to happen. Somebody's got to take care of this business. Fair Someone. enough, man. This is the one time that the whole who dad going to beat them. It better not be Tom Bay is all I'm saying to you. It better not be. <laughs> it's everyone else, but it better not be Tom Bay. I don't care if you go one in 15. You need this one, Dave. You need yeah, this one. No, fair enough. Uh, how about two? Because we play them twice, right? Whatever. Fine. Great. But I so, and need, it's a, and it's in New Orleans. I mean, there's not going to be any fans in the stands uh, for this game, uh, but it's in New Orleans. So you know, what I mean, you're on your field. You don't have to. You know, it's turf. It's not grass. I because I'm pretty sure Tampa's field is grass. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, you're right. So you don't have you, you know you don't have to worry about that. So there really should be no excuses for New Orleans doing quite well. You know. Yeah, but I that's, expect that, I expect to win here. Right? I expect to win. But that's that. That's the thing. It is the expectation because it's like, well, your team, your team hasn't had to whip together an offense for a completely different quarterback with a completely different set of skills and a completely different playbook in their head. You that should be an advantage, and you've it got Michael be. Thomas. That should be an advantage. You've got coordination between him and Drew Brees. That should be an advantage. And Alvin Kamara should be in a good mood because he signed a new contract today. He's got that should be an deal. advantage. That so. should be an all of these things together should be a huge advantage. Because you shouldn't be figuring out how to make this work, and you've got you've had the same, uh, you know, coach quarterback combo for years. You've got that combination. Yep. They should know what they're trying to do out there. They should have a plan. One would think. Absolutely, you would think. So yep. we shall see Sunday four twenty five. Yeah, but I think that's going to be the highlight game of the week. To be honest with you, I think a lot of eyeballs are going to be in on that game. Well, it should be the it should be the Sunday night football game, really. Probably, yeah. yeah. But um, the LA LA's got it because of the new stadium. Yeah, but I think um, I think this works out okay because usually that four o'clock time slot doesn't really have a premier matchup. Yeah, so it'll be what if it's on Fox, it'll be America's Game of the Week, and Joe Buck will be doing it. So, is it loud, Dave? It's I, that. Yeah, please, please, Joe Buck, say that. <laughs> There's no fans, but but Joe, there aren't any fans in here. It's still loud because I'm loud. Yeah, basically that boy, and that's where Aikman turns and like slaps him. It's just like slap open hand just slaps him. It's like, was that loud? That. Was just that for the record, loud? in case nobody knows what we're talking about, Joe Buck. I like Joe Buck. I actually I like him better as a baseball announcer, to be honest, but I like Joe Buck as an announcer. Mm-hmm. But he has a propensity, especially when calling football games, to talk about how loud it is right at the beginning of the game. If you've watched a lot of Joe Buck, it's it's quite a common occurrence for him to be like, it's loud. Yeah. So. I'm waiting for the Trigman slap. It's coming. Open hand right across. That'd be be entertaining. In the empty stadium, it'll like resonate. (laughs) You'll like hear the sound of the (laughs) What was that sound? It's like it'll just echo all the way around the stadium. It's like, you know, just do it while just do it while uh, Brady's on offense, please. Yeah, but listen, if that if that is what ends up happening, you're gonna get a phone call from me and I go, Dave, that slap was loud. And I will accept I will answer that call anytime. as As you should, as you should. Anyway, so yeah, it's all good. But you see. We were able to use a sports card and lead that into that is the closest good. thing you're going to get to analysis from us. Like we actually talked about a sports thing. There you go. We did. It happened. And we threw in some unnecessary nonsense because that's what we do. Like, just think about that. Think about the, out of all the things that you could have been expecting, Dave, we did an analysis thing. Appropriate. Yeah. Appropriate. That's, all, that's really never going to not be appropriate. So. No, there are times it's not appropriate, but that that one appropriate, very appropriate, hundred percent right. appropriate. So are we gonna move on. Yes, we are. Are uh, we gonna talk sports cards more, or are you gonna tell me about why that banner is still hanging behind you? Oh well, yeah, we can. Uh, well, I think we can talk about sports cards a little bit. I'll lead into it. Um, I did buy a uh, Alexander Radulov uh, autographed uh, patch card, so nice. that'll be forthcoming. Are they playing? Uh, right, are they playing right now as we record? Uh, they are. Yes, they are. I, did th- I thought so. Yeah, because I believe the game started officially. Uh, well, it should technically be. No, wait, hold on. Nope, nope. 
Let me correct it's, myself. It's an eight o'clock start. It, they haven't started playing it. Yeah, they haven't started playing it officially yet. Dallas so, is up two one in the series, Carlos. How are you are. feeling about your stars? About the same. The um, I'm surprised by the result, um, but like like I mentioned to Dave offline, the game three performance was basically like the we owe this we owe Carlos this special. It's like we're doing it for Carlos because I got the combination. I got Jamie Oleksiak scoring at the end of the first period. In the you know Jamie, we try this team tried to trade me away a couple of times, Oleksiak. So of course he scores the first goal. Second goal is scored by Jamie. He's still the captain, believe it or not, Ben. Thank God. And then the overtime winner is scored within a minute of uh, the overtime by Alex. We needed a token Russian, and we don't have Sergey Zubov. Radulov. There you go, right? So I got my three. I got my three boys all in one shot. The three goals for Dallas all came. Uh, uh, that's why what I thought was great about it was the fact that it happened to be those three people, like literally those three people. I'm like, hey, man. we did it, you guys. We did it. I wanted to pull out the mission accomplished banner. I feel that would have been appropriate. Yeah, I was like, uh, I was trying to, I was trying to get it on the cheap. You know, I, I, I was trying. I was giving it a go. But yeah, uh, no, it's been good. It's been good. I will say. That one thing that has definitely uh, stood out for me is that uh, I've been shocked that uh, Vegas has been struggling a little bit to put it together. It's been kind of very surprising. It really has been. Yeah. And it's like, well, I guess that's what it is. But listen, I'll take I'll take advantage of it. I just what I don't know is I don't know what I would do. It, it, it's one thing to get up in the series. It's another thing. Like obviously tonight they've got a shot at getting up three games to one and having a stranglehold. But they were up three games to one in Colorado. And Colorado was able to storm back to force the game seven. So I'm not going to count Vegas out until basically it's done. If it's done, it's done. But uh, yeah. we'll see. But yeah, I don't know what it would look like um, to have Dallas in the Stanley Cup final again. Because they'd have a legitimate shot against almost any combination of these teams. As flawed of hockey team as they are. And they are flawed. But you know, it is 2020. So you've got that going for you. Does this mean, Dave, that I could actually have a high definition championship? It's quite possible, Carlos. It's quite possible. I want you to know that I'm resisting the urge to click the button. I, figured, I could have. I, I could figured have. I was waiting for it. I was waiting no, for it. No, no, no. I'm not jinxing it with that, Dave. I'm not, <laughs> doing, it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. But I, I want you to know I thought about it. I, I really, like, very hard. I thought about it very hard. Uh, no, I'm going to resist. But I, like, if they get there, like, they've got more than a puncher's chance. Yeah. Against against any combination out of the East, which would blow my mind. I'll happily add another banner. <laughs> I have no issue doing it. Like let's let's go. Let's do it. I'd, I'd love a high definition. I'd love a high definition championship in here. Like it'd be great, you know. But I will say, in, in the shock of shocks, the Jays are in the playoffs too. I know. Like I don't know. I don't know what to believe in anymore, Dave. Believe in believe in. Uh... Believe in Radulov, Carlos. I, I like that that's where you ended up going. Believe it, believe in Radulov. I, I thought know. I was going to believe in Alexiak. Yeah, apparently, you know. Yeah, apparently he's my boy. But so is Radulov. I got to have my token Russian. It, it, it wouldn't be hockey without him. Jamie Benn has got to keep, you know, the goal was good. The goal was good. But I need I need consistency. I need, I need a little more. I need a little more. But, you know, it's it's a start. The, the consmite dream lives. It lives, but I need, but I need more. Yeah, I need that one dominant performance. I need him to take over a game. I need him or to a couple I need games, him, if you will. Yeah, it's like I need him to clock. I need to basically pick a fight with somebody on Vegas and like destroy their end their lives. I need him to like knock somebody through the boards. Just do it, and then score a couple of goals, and then fight someone. Fight someone in the stands, but there are no fans. But there's a camera guy. Fight him. <laughs> I don't care. Just fight somebody. Do it. This is Gordy Howe hat trick ish. So yeah, no, we'll see what happens, man. But uh, you know, they've got a, a decent shot at it. Oh, they're still in it, so I can't I can't complain. I can't argue. Uh, you know what? Can I segue this into something kind of random? Of course you can. I we are the unnecessary yes nonsense podcast. I saw something yesterday that was interesting. I will send you the link to the article. But uh TSN did a little article that talked about a very little known thing. Apparently, um somebody made like a revelation or discussed the possibility that they believe that the um, Montreal Canadiens general manager in the 1970s, his name escapes me. He was a guy involved with a lot of their Stanley cup championship teams in the front office. Mm -hmm. uh, that Again, the name escapes me, but he was the guy who was involved in the 50s, 60s and 70s. Like he had a lot of Stanley cup rings. Yeah. Um, 
apparently he had struck a deal that was kind of an obscure deal at the time with the Colorado, uh, with the Colorado um, Rockies at mm -hmm. the time in the seventies and like 1976 or so, but he had a deal in place that he had completed that got them the first round draft pick, the first overall pick in the 1980 or 1979 draft. Okay. And the guy was theorizing. Now the problem is nobody knows exactly what he was thinking or what he was trying to do. Obviously he stockpiled a pick like a high pick uh, first overall pick, but the guy actually believes that the guy was the same guy who secured a deal that got him Guy Lafleur. He was thinking that he was trying to do the same kind of thing because he suspected that Wayne Gretzky would be available if he had been up for the draft. Ooh. So he actually thinks that a couple of years in advance, he cherry picked the pick that could, that had the NHL done the thing where they were, would have put him in the draft. He would have been available as the number one overall pick that year. And Montreal had that pick. Wow. That's so they theorize cool. that it, it's actually there is an alternate universe where Wayne Gretzky was drafted first overall by the Montreal Canadiens. I love that. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting. It's it's a it's a thing we'll never know, but it is interesting that the circumstances fell in such a way where if he had been eligible, he would have been the obvious choice, and Montreal had that pick. Yeah. And the guy had laid the groundwork a couple of years beforehand by getting his hand on that pick, but nobody knows why. But they threw out this theory as kind of like, wouldn't it be interesting if he thought he was doing some Tom Dundon 4D chess shit, thinking like way ahead here. He goes, I'm going to have this pick just in case. Yeah, man. Yeah. So it's like, now, now imagine though, in the same article, they speculate a little bit. Now imagine though, and they talked to Wingreski about it. And he goes, that would have been really interesting. He just, he just said flat out, that would have been really interesting because he's like, I would have been, I would have been in, it would have been kind of cool to play in the forum. For, for you know for the team but now think of the late 1970s Montreal Canadiens they were done their dynasty but that isn't to say they couldn't have squeezed a little bit extra with Wayne Gretzky in the lineup no for sure I mean they did win in was 86 right they won yeah. against Calgary yeah so you know they did get the 180s championship but there could have been a couple more in there potentially yeah. But but not, but like I said think about it though um if he had been there in the late in the late 70s early 80s that team could have stayed competitive potentially been in position to win another cup or two by the time you get to 86 you get patrick roy never heard of the guy mm -hmm. and then he's on that team with gretzky yeah and then it would have <laughs> been instead of playing gretzky in 94 they might have had gretzky who knows it's 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 an interesting what if it's an interesting thought cool. experiment it's That's an interesting cool. thought experiment I, th I thought you'd enjoy that it's an interesting little thought experiment that is like somebody mentioned it's just it, i saw the article randomly and i was like wayne gretzky could have been a munchuck and i was like what yeah interesting but there you go there's an alternate reality out there dave seek it out seek out the alternate reality oh, I, will. Maybe I will yeah but that was kind of interesting I, th I thought that was i thought at least that was worth a quick discussion for a couple minutes i thought that was kind of cool yeah man yep 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 all right so let's finish off with this because uh, i do have anything else we want to add there you don't want to talk about how uh pascal siakam cost the raptors the second round did he Dude, I, I didn't watch the game, so I don't know. Dude, no. So here's the thing. Okay, explain it to me while I'm just checking. So my my thing was, so I watched the game, most of the game, mm -hmm. despite my reservations that I had, because I knew I was going to get up early today to go golfing. And I was like, do I want to watch this game? Because I'm not convinced they're going to win, but it's game seven. They could win, yada, yada. So I was like, uh, all right, I'm going to watch the game. I was watching it. Raptors are up at the end of the first. I'm like, I like where this is going. And then the second quarter happened. And the turnover fest began. They had a right. lot of turnovers. I did see that. It wasn't like 31. No, like they had 18 number. turnovers. Boston scored 31 points off. Uh, Raptor turnover. Okay. I saw 31. So I, I, I wasn't sure. Okay. Right? So for the most part, the defense in the whole series was good. Pascal Siakam played fairly decent defense. And even with time. all those turnovers and points, by the way, it was only a five point game. Correct. Which is which is unfortunate. That's problematic. Well, but the thing is, it was a win. You know, for whatever anyone's going to say, like Boston was the better team in the series, yeah. no doubt. But the Raptors could have won mm -hmm. if they hadn't committed eighteen turnovers. Uh, and the thing that caused me to turn the game off in the fourth quarter and go to bed before the game was over, because I was like, I know where this is going, was a Siakam turnover. But this guy was missing, you know, this guy, was, he was an all-star this year, right? He played in the all-star mm -hmm. game. And he was missing layups in this series, mm -hmm. right? Repeatedly. It's not, I mean, everybody misses, you know, all the best players miss a layup every every now and again. It happens. 
right? It's very rare, but it does happen. But he was missing them with regularity, right? Yeah. Uh, it could it could have been that it could have been, and I'm I'm theorizing. Like I said, I didn't watch the series. I didn't get a sense of like how they were feeling or how they were doing. I would say there's a real possibility. Remember, there's a big difference between being a key contributor to a championship team when you've got another guy who's considered the star. Absolutely, and you get room to do your thing. As opposed to being the guy who was the all-star for the year, you're kind of the breakout guy. It's kind of what happened to Chris Bosch. It's kind of what happened to um, uh, Camby. What's his name? Um, Marcus Camby. Yeah, Marcus Camby, Vince Carter, um, You know, Tracy McGrady. A lot of these guys, even Damian Sodomon in the early days, these were guys that were like seen as the star guy when maybe the cast wasn't there with the strength. This Raptors team was feisty. I give them a lot of credit for but being able to fight. To a certain degree and hanging in there but, against but the is, competition. They have, you know, the, the, the supporting cast was there. Yeah. The problem was, right? It's like, what do you do when your 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 best player, your star player, uh, you know, isn't playing well at all. Right. But I, I think read, but I I think read that, something but that's today. the point I'm trying to make. But Dave, yeah. that was actually the point I was trying to make. Although he's been slotted as the star, remember, he was never considered to be a star until he had that breakout performance last year. He elevated himself to that and obviously he played in an all-star level this year but the regular season is one beast absolutely and then the playoffs is a different beast and when it's all on you and now you are the guy the expectations are on you no for sure but the problem was it didn't have to be all be on him right the the other guys had to step up enough to try and win the games they did win because Mm -hmm. at no point in this series was pascal siakam the guy Mm -hmm. right i mean there were other moments where you could fault other people but my take on the series is turnovers cost them game seven. Siakam cost them the series. Mm-hmm. So it's unfortunate. And now it'll be interesting to see because, you know, we're in a situation now with a couple guys heading for agency is, is what direction does the team want to go? Do you want to kind of bring guys back and, and go for it? Or do you join those teams or do you pull New York and do nothing Hoping that uh, you know the free agent of next year, Giannis, is uh, going to sign with you, right? Thank and just you so you know, I just want to put this out there. That hasn't worked out for New York very well. Just putting so, it out there. So, Dave, I don't think you need to worry. Giannis will be in Toronto next year. Well, yes, he will. Whether he's on the team, he's not going to be well, on. That's the team. why. I, that's why I left it vague, Dave. Shut up. Shut up. That's why I left <laughs> it vague. My statement was correct. No matter what happens, Dave. My provided, provided they're playing matches in all arenas, yes, Giannis will be in Toronto next year. Can, can we just leave it at that, Dave? I was correct. Like, sure, leave it be. I just want leave you to know he doesn't hit free agency until until twenty twenty one. Theoretically, no, I, I get it. I get it. But here's the thing: like, I know he said he doesn't want to like uh, he doesn't want to like force a trade or whatever. But it's like if he doesn't want. The one statement is the most accurate one. If he doesn't want to take the supermax, it's not like they can offer him more money than the supermax. And they're going to offer him the Supermax. So it's like a simple thing. Like, do you believe in the program? Do you want us to try to get you some people to help you? Do you believe in our ability to do that in Milwaukee? Yes or no? And and you know what? I think it's quite possible they could add a couple pieces uh, to do that next year, right? For next season. Because I think it's – who knows when it's going to start. But it's it's quite possible that they could do that. And, and Milwaukee could, you know, get over the hump. We'll see. Well, there, there's a lot of hump to get over because right now the problem that they have is that in Giannis, they've got, and again, I'm not proclaiming to be a basketball expert, but it doesn't take a basketball expert to figure out that he has a flaw in his game and he's been exploited in the playoffs multiple years now. Like everybody knows what the playbook is in the playoffs. Here's what you do. Force him to try to shoot jump shots. At the moment, he can't. Unless he no. develops a jump shot, it's not going to work. Because then you can just isolate the guy and force you in a position you're not comfortable in. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Um, and it's and again, it's not like it's not like there are no other superstars in the game with a weakness. Even guys who win, LeBron James is pretty good at winning, but he's lost more NBA Finals than he's won. But right. he's also played against truly great teams because you're playing in the finals. But he has a weakness in his game too. His free throws in the late game is not are not great. He'll have moments where he'll like struggle to make certain plays. He'll make a great pass, but then he won't like take it upon himself to attack. His mentality is not full fledged attack. Yeah. So it's like, so his thing is that physical talent wise, he's one of the most dominant guys who have ever been out there. Physically talented in terms of dominance and all that good stuff. 
but he's never had the mentality to flip the switch and attack. Right. Because if he had that attack gene in him, then he would have like eight championship rings or nine championship rings and ever and it would just be done. The mm -hmm. debate would be over. The conversation would be over. It'd be like Michael Jordan, who? Yeah. We're all, we're all wearing we're all wearing Air LeBrons. Like, why are we even talking about this other jabroni? But he doesn't have that attack mentality. But he's a great player, and he's still like an elite level player, and he can still figure out how to make pieces around and move to work. Mm -hmm. So he's got as good a chance as anybody. He, and, and, he's got, and it's quite possible he ends as sorry, adds another championship this year. Yeah. And if he does, that will make the debate more interesting. And then maybe he's got another year or two at kind of a high level where if he if he finds a fifth ring, again, the debate gets a little more interesting because it's like, look at how many NBA finals he got to. Mm -hmm. Because I think if he gets to the finals this year, it's double digits. Uh, quite possibly. Yeah, I believe this would be his 10th NBA finals. Because he which, did what? Three three, three with Miami? Miami? Three, three with Miami and, and you think he's done six with Cleveland? No, not six with Cleveland, but... Uh, he was with he was he was in three with Miami, right? And he's only the only other team he's been with is Cleveland. He did one early in his career. He did. Um, let's let's ask the Google here. Yeah, check check with that. I'm pretty sure he's three and six in the finals. I believe that's correct. I think he's three and six now because he dominated the East for years. Yes, yes, he did. Because that was the whole deal. He got to so many consecutive NBA finals. I feel like it was eight consecutive, something crazy like that. Anyway, let's talk about something else and maybe we come back to this. I'll just okay. throw it in there. You can okay. get to your last point that you would uh, like to get to. All right, let's do this. We'll finish off with this. We'll talk about one of my other favorite topics. Let's talk about your hero and mine. Juan Soto. Yes, Juan Soto. Yes. And he's and he's raking, by the way. Like he's up to like, he, I think he was up to 360. He's been an eight. He's been an eight, five with Cleveland, three with Miami. Okay, so that still nine. That's pretty good. It's pretty sal pretty solid. So that'd be pretty yep. pretty decent. Um, so anyway, this is a one Soto card that I won. You'll notice the price is not absurd compared to a lot of things. Uh, this is I a like Soto that card. So uh, it's a, this it's a nice looking card. This is a what's to say twenty twenty prism numbers rare one Soto. So the cool thing with this, it's got one Soto. He's batting mm -hmm. uh, right in his batting stance, but it's got you know average. It's just got. Numbers in the background. It's got 34, got uh, 0.401, 110, it looks like. Game one. So 34 is home runs. Okay. 110, I believe, was his RBI total last year. 153, okay. I believe, is the number of games, and 282 is the average. Right. And then and what's four ones with the uh, on, on base, base percentage? Yeah. Yes. So there you go. Uh, nice card. And it's like, it's got like a gold, sort of immediately behind Juan Soto is sort of reddish. Mm -hmm. And then immediately behind that is kind of gold. I yes. like it. It's a nice card. It's numbered to 10. Nice. Yeah. So this is the gold version of this insert. It's numbered to 10 copies. 47 bucks for, for a soda out of 10. I think that's, that's solid. I, I agree. Considering yeah. where the prices are today. Yeah. And the reason for it is just because this is an unlicensed card, so it's not as popular. And I won that in an auction straight up. So that was in an auction. Um, I had the high bid. So that is, is going to be my latest acquisition when it comes in. Uh, it goes along with my other gold card. So nice. I've got this one also from Select. So Another Juan Soto, uh, you know, basically, yep. again, a batting stance. Yep. And this one is the Sensations. This one's also out of 10. So I'm picking up some of these out of 10 uh, inserts from Select. Love them. They look great. They do. They're nice cards. Uh, yep. Audience, if you would like to, Google them. Yes, yes. But um, I will say to you that, uh, yeah, no, from like my little mini collection I'm putting together, I absolutely love, like, there's some fun. It's fun putting together a collection of a player you like. And sure. I was looking through some of my boxes and I found that I had, I knew I had done it. Uh, I opened some boxes of, um, of tops in 2018. Mm -hmm. uh, the one Soto rookie year. Now one Soto was in the tops update. He wasn't in the regular tops, but I did open from that year. I found a Raphael Devers rookie card. That was mm -hmm. kind of cool. I found a couple other rookie cards, but I also found this one. That is Walker Bueller. Walker Bueller. I was like, eh, that's all right. Nice. I got a kick out of it. So, because you're too cheap to buy your own, as usual. <laughs> See, when you talk about the $320, I was trying, I was resisting the urge to chuckle. I mean, dude, it could have been $3.20 and it would be like, ah, it's kind of expensive. $3. No, and no at this rate, I would have said $3.20. The shipping would have been expensive, but the $3.20 would have been fine. Great. Fantastic. 
Good to know, Dave. Good to know. One other thing I'll mention, and uh, we'll talk about it hopefully next week. Um, I did get a couple more Project 2020 cards, but still not the ones we're waiting for. So the National Nightmare continues. Oh, my goodness. It's absurd. We're in September. The last just, of these I ordered, like, at the end of June. We're in September. Yeah, so I would have included that at the beginning of it, but I thought about it right at the end. I was like, oh, yeah. Still No. Because it's the Jackie Robinson and the Fuji, and at this point, I don't remember what the Fuji was. I know there was a Fuji, but I don't know what it was. I don't remember either. Yeah. So when it comes, I mean, you, I'll be we like, can always go back and listen to the the podcast and try and find it. Yeah, but it's like uh, when it comes, I'll know. Like I'll see it. I'll be like, ah, yes, because there'll be two of them, so I'll know. Um, but I did get the uh, the Cyclops Mike Trout. Nice. That was kind of cool. Look, it looks pretty decent. And I got the Jacob Rochester Ted Williams. Pretty neat cards. I was like, eh, not bad. It took like three months to get here, but pretty neat cards. Eventually. Eventually. But the Jackie Robinson one, I was like, dudes, when are you going to get me the freaking Jackie Robinson? Like, what the heck? Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. So anyway, we'll we'll have more updates and stuff. We'll have some fun. It'll be the usual. We'll talk about a little bit of sports. We'll see if Dallas is still in it. If they're still in it, you know, I'll be, you know, preparing the parade. Uh, it'll be socially distanced. So I'm going to be doing my section of the parade from here. I like it. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I'll get like the foam finger. We're number one. Um, when we enjoy the, it will, Jamie Ben winning the consummate would be too simple, but I will enjoy the, the consummate presentation for uh, Alexander, Ra Alexander. This is my Russian Radulov. I like it. Love it. So that's it for myself and Dave. Uh, I feel this was irreverent enough and we'll catch you all on the next episode of the unnecessary nonsense podcast. <laughs>